<laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Good evening. <coughs> okay, I'm going to start in prayer tonight, so if you'll bow with me. Uh, Father, I thank you for this evening. I thank you for this place where we can come and worship you and um, just be with our Christian brothers and sisters. And it's just uh, it's encouragement for the rest of the week. It's what keeps us going, Lord. And we just love to be in your presence. And um, God, I thank you for what you've given me for tonight. And I pray that every single person here, no matter how many times they've heard this scripture, Father, I pray that they will leave um, gleaning a little bit more from it. And uh, so, Father, just use me. Holy Spirit, speak through me tonight. Bring to my mind anything that I need to speak. And I thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Well, last Wednesday, when I was sitting in service before church started, I was about to make a post on the Jules page on Facebook, and it had to do with a devotion that I had read, and it had to do with seed, and I was stepping out into the um, foyer for a minute to look something up, and that's when Pastor caught me (laughs) and um, asked if I would speak tonight. And so I thought, oh, okay, well, I won't post it on the Facebook page, and I'll just speak on that tonight. And uh, so it's, it's, um, I've titled it Seed Potential, and so I thought, okay, God, well, I'm just going to study out the seed thing and see what we come up with. But um, I heard on the prayer call last night that Part of it was about, like, soil, and I don't know. It it will be interesting to see if any of it correlates, see what God's up to. But um, the first thing that I'm going to talk about is just seeds, plant seeds. And seeds are just so interesting, if you think about it. I mean, each little bitty seed is a potential miracle. I mean, think about it. You have these little seeds, and from them we get small plants and large plants and fruit and vegetables and trees. I mean, all of these amazing things come out of these tiny little seeds. And plants are important to God, and they're important to us. He created plants and had them here on earth for us before he created us because he knew we couldn't survive without him. We need them for oxygen. We need them for food. We need them for shelter. Our clothing comes from plants. So it's, there is nothing alive on this planet that doesn't get their energy from plants. If you study the food chain, the very bottom is the producers, the plants. (laughs) So um, we need plants to live. And there's so much potential in each seed, but it needs the right amount of water and sunlight, carbon dioxide, 
soil. And one of the things that it needs is it needs space for it to be able to grow. Okay, if a seed falls right at the base of the parent plant, it's not going to have room to grow. And so God, in his infinite wisdom, um, he created seeds with special adaptations. And I am the fifth grade science interventionist (laughs) where I work. So we're going to do a little bit of fifth grade science here. Uh, We just finished a unit on this, so it came in handy. But um, so God gave seeds adaptations to help them be dispersed away from their parent plant so that they can have room to grow, which is just amazing if you think about it. So um, if you can just put up the first slide. Okay, so these are some different kinds of seeds. And the first one, the top left, is a cockleburr or like, like a sticker. They have barbed wires on them. And for their um, reproduction, if they're going to survive and keep reproducing, they need an animal to come by. And the sticker will stick to the fur, and they'll move on. Eventually it'll drop off, and it will hopefully be in a place where it has a better chance of survival. Uh, The other one is fruit and berries. Animals eat them. They go off. Later, they come out in their waist. (laughs) Um, Another one is uh, winged-shaped or very light seeds, and uh, wind carries them away from their parent plant. And then some seeds float. They can land in water, float away, hopefully land somewhere where where they'll be able to survive. Another one that I think is really cool is the sequoia tree. And they depend on fire in order to reproduce. And the heat doesn't harm the tree because the bark is super-duper thick. But the heat opens the seed coats in the pine cone, and their seeds are released. And since the flames from the fire have cleared the underbrush, then the seeds are able to land on soil and be able to be germinated. So it's just amazing how God works. And he cares about seeds so much that he created those adaptations for them. He wants each seed to survive and to become everything that it's supposed to be. Well, God's word is also called seed, and it says so in his word. So the first scripture that we're going to look at, it's Luke 8, 4 through 15, and it's the parable of the sower. And I know that we've probably all heard that parable many times. I know I have, but um, I hope that you'll go away with, I don't know, when I'm reading the word, I like to have some visuals. It helps me to be able to understand things better. So I'm going to be showing some visuals too to hopefully help you. But I'm just going to start reading this. Um It says, And when a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, 
A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns... They are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. So that last part about the good soil, it's like those are the ones, the people that hear it, And they hold it fast. And that means like they possess it. It stays with them. They keep it secure. They keep possession of it. Well, Jesus was talking in parables so that the people could understand what he meant. And um, they were in a large farming community. So I'm going to put a picture up that's going to hopefully be a good visual for you. Uh, I don't know. Whenever I would read this, I would see in my mind something different, but this really helps me (laughs) when I'm reading it. This is something that they would have seen and been used to, farms all around. So in this picture, um, it's a field. It's actually two fields, and it's divided by a boundary marker made of stone or rock. And since they wouldn't have tilled in between the rocks, thorns would grow up there. And then on the left, it's pointing to um, the good soil. That's a crop of grain. And then they wouldn't have wanted to walk on the seed or the crop, so they would have walked around the perimeter and um, creating a pathway. So this scene right here is something that would have been very familiar to them when he was talking to them. Well, so I want to focus on the good soil. So there were some things that the farmer would have to do to get his soil ready for his new crops. 
And one of those things that he had to do was to remove any stones out of the field. And um, that's, this is actually talking about the heart. It's talking about your heart condition, right? So Ezekiel 11, 17 through 21, I was thinking, so if you had a heart or, you know, a field full of stones, that would be like um, you would have a stony heart. <laughs> and so I was looking up scripture uh, for heart of stone or stony heart, whatever, and came across this, Ezekiel 11, 11 through 21. And it says, and this is when the Israelites were scattered and they were not being obedient to God. They were um, just living how they wanted to. They were uh, worshiping other idols. And so the Lord told Ezekiel to speak to them. And this is what he said. He said, therefore say, thus says the Lord God, I will gather you from the peoples, assemble you from the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. And they will go there, and they will take away all the detestable things and all its abominations from there. Then I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within them, and take the stony heart out of their flesh, And give them a heart of flesh, that they may walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. But as for those whose hearts follow the desire for their detestable things and their abominations, I will recompense their deeds on their own heads, says the Lord God. So I was thinking, okay, so a stony heart, what does that look like? Well, they were being disobedient. They were unyielding. Their hearts were cold and hard, unresponsive, unreceptive to spiritual things, prideful, unforgiving, wanting to do things their own way. And I thought it was interesting when I was Googling Stony Heart, I came across a, I don't know, something from Stony Brook Internus popped up. (laughs) And it had to do with heart attacks. And it said, heart attacks occur when there's a blockage of the arteries. The heart muscles can no longer receive adequate oxygen-rich blood, and cardiac function can become impaired. And I just thought, like, that blockage of the arteries, that would be like stones being in your heart, you know, blocking the flow of the Holy Spirit. You know, because when he speaks to us, you know, if we aren't obedient, then it can make us, desensitized to his voice to where, you know, we just don't hear it or listen to it anymore. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, So then heart of flesh, what would that look like? 
That's the good soil. That would be an obedient heart. Soft, alive, easily pricked, responsive, receptive to Jesus, yielding, malleable. So I'm going to show you a picture of a man (laughs) in a field. Uh, The guy who took this picture, he was in Israel, actually, and he was walking around the countryside, and he saw this man, this farmer, working in his field. And he was breaking up a stone that was too large for him to pick up and carry as it was, And to move to the boundary marker, that's where they would just put the rocks from their field. And so he had some kind of implement, and he was banging, banging, banging on it. And he said that just the sound from it was so loud you could hear it everywhere. But he said it was about 105 degrees. He was just working so hard, sweaty, sweaty, sweaty. And he thought of this parable, and he thought, wow, are we willing to work that hard to prepare our hearts to receive God's word? And that just really struck me. I was like, wow, that's, that's something to think about right there. <laughs> That kind of got me. I was like, wow, do I really, when I sit down to the Word of God, you know, am I working that hard to prepare and receive what He has? So He gives us a heart of flesh, like when we are, when we become believers and we become Christians and we get a heart of flesh, but the stones can surface. And so it's important, like, Like in a field, you would think, well, if they got all the stones out the last year, why do they have to keep getting stones out the next year? And it's because stones can surface. And I think that's true in our heart, too. You know, he does give us a heart of flesh. But sometimes some things can come up in our hearts that God wants us to work on um, so that it'll be obedient and soft and receptive again. Um, So when we read the word, the Holy Spirit can speak to us and prick our hearts and let us know when there's something that we need to change. But we have a choice whether we follow through (laughs) and change it or we don't. And, um, you know, I know you guys can probably think of things that you've read in the Word, and the Lord was like, ooh, yeah. And so one of those for me was Proverbs 18.21. And, uh, yeah, there you go. And so um, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And in the New Living Translation, I like how it says it. It says, The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk, will reap the consequences. <laughs> and, you know, have you ever known anyone who 
they are constantly just saying like, oh, all I ever have is bad luck. Well, if anything bad's going to happen, it's going to happen to me. You know, and it seems like, yeah, that's true in their lives because they're, they're eating or they're reaping the reward of what they're speaking. And that hit me when I read that scripture because um, I used to say things like, oh, my feet are killing me or I'm getting sick or I'm never going to be able to do that or whatever it is. And I remember I mostly learned from Pastor Goodluck and Angela, but he would always say, you know, your words are seed. What you put out <laughs> you know, is what you're going to reap. Um, I remember Miss Jennifer Brantley, she would always say to people if they were saying any, speaking anything negative, she would say, well... Would you like for me to agree on that with you? <laughs> and they'd be like, well, no. She's like, well, then stop saying it. <laughs> um, but so it's really important what we speak. And I know many times Pastor Angela has heard, you know, women, you know, lots of people talking about, you know, how they're, kids are going or what have you or if someone's going wayward or whatever and she has just always said to anyone you know don't speak what you see them doing and don't speak what way you think they might go you speak what you want to see and you don't let anything else come out of your mouth and so that whole lesson for me, I've really worked hard to try to stop that. And, you know, like there was a time when my um, kids were kind of arguing a lot. And I was <laughs> like, you know, no, but they weren't really listening to me. And the scripture that pastor taught me was, you know, where it says, the Lord will teach your children and great will be their peace. And I stood on that and I just kept saying, Lord, I don't know if they're listening to me, but you say in your word that you are going to teach my children and great will be their peace. And so I know that we all, even we as when we were children, we would argue with our siblings and we've all had kids that have argued with their siblings. But, you know, when you stand on the word of God, <laughs> amazing things can happen. But that was something that I had to learn. Um, but, you know, I had the choice. I could either keep speaking that way, and I, I'm not perfect. Still, some things come out, but I am try to be quick to catch myself <laughs> and ask forgiveness. Um, so I don't want what I speak to be a hindrance to myself or to anyone else. So, like, how can I claim the scriptures of healing if I'm going around saying that I'm getting sick or that I'm sick? So, um, when he pricked my heart, I did want to change that um, and be obedient. So, and there have been times when I was really slow to be obedient, too. <laughs> and that ends up not being so great for yourself. Uh, so, we've talked about plant seeds and all the potential that's inside of them. 
if they're planted in the right conditions. And we've talked about the soil of our hearts. And now I want to talk more about God's word being seed. Okay. So I have right here a sunflower seed. Okay. So this seed right here, it has all of the information and the DNA inside of it to produce an offspring that's going to look like the parent plant, right? So if I plant this, I'm going to get a sunflower. It's going to look like its parent with the right conditions. Well, God's word is seed, and it contains all the information and all the DNA inside of it to reproduce offspring that look like him. Because it says in the Bible that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So the Word is the seed, and it is God. So that seed, if it's in us, and if it gets rooted in us, then um, we will end up looking more and more like Him. If that seed is planted in the right conditions, if it's planted in the right kind of soil in our hearts. That's why it's so important for us to have good soil or a good heart of flesh. So I'm going to show you now another picture. And it's of a seed germinating. And... um, Here's some more fifth grade stuff for you. (laughs) So a seed is planted underground, right? And then the very first thing that starts to happen is a little root comes out. And it starts to take a little bit of root. And then you get more roots. And then a little bit of plant comes up. And then more roots. And more plant comes up, looking a little bit more like the parent plant. And then you get some more roots. And then on top, it is more mature and looks like the parent plant. I was thinking, too, of this might be how it looks when in our Christian life. Like when we first become a Christian, we might not look anything (laughs) like our parents, you know, but as we get more word inside of us and the word starts to take root more, then little by little up on top, we start looking more and more like our father. So I really like that picture. Um, But in 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So there's transforming power in the word. It can transform us as we read it to look more and more like him. And when we read it, we should be being changed. When we read it, he shows us his glory. 
and we're changed into the same image from glory to glory, one degree at a time if we prepare our hearts, if it's falling on good soil. And when I read that, I just, you know, when sit down to read the word, this is reminding me so much more. I think after this lesson, when I sit down to read, <laughs> it's going to change how I prepare myself when I sit down to read it. So if nothing else, this is for me. But um, where it talks about how we're changed degree by degree from glory to glory, I hope that, you know, we all need to remember that with our the people around us because there are some people who are at that little bitty seed stage where, you know, they haven't started looking so much like the Father yet. But but there's potential there, you know. We've we've got to help them. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I, I need to look more like the Father as well. But we're all at a different stage, and we're all to a different degree working out <laughs> our salvation, right? Okay, so I am not the same person that I used to be. Ask Al. <laughs> when he first met me. But I used to cuss. I used to speak death. I used to be more judgmental. I used to be less patient. Don't ask him about that. He'll give you an earful, I'm sure. But um, And I've done a whole lot of other things, too. And I am so far from that person. <laughs> Praise God, because I don't think I'd be leading many people in the direction of Christ if I was still acting like that. But, you know, the more I study the word, the more and more I am hoping that I'm looking more and more like him, Christ, from glory to glory. And so, um, really, why... Do we want to look like him? Well, God is love. He's full of grace. He's kind. And, um, you know, Romans 2, 4 talks about how his kindness is what leads people to repentance. You know, if we're more like him, um, if we grow and mature into the people that look more like the Lord, then people are going to be drawn to us. They're going to want what we have. And that's what being a Christian is all about. We're to love the Lord with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and love our neighbors as ourselves. That's what we've been studying in our Sunday school classes, just about love and loving others. And, you know, we want to look more like God. He is love. If we're like him, then who could ask for more than that? I'm going to show another picture. And this is a little, little bitty mustard seed that has the potential 
to be something amazing. Like, if you look at the tree next to it, like, look at this humongous thing that can come from such a little seed. Well, the seed or the Bible has the potential to help us look more like God if it falls on good soil or a heart of flesh. And what I was reading the other day was um, from a book by Jonathan Kahn, a devotional book. And he said each word or each little bit of seed from God's word has the potential to produce life, growth, blossoming, fruitfulness, and a miracle. And, um, you know, we can stand on scriptures and the word of God on this seed. And uh, when we stand on this word, you know, things come alive. When we speak life into something, something that was dead can come to life. Um, You know, when you're, you know, praying about your children or whatever, and then you see drastic change. That's when, when we stand on the word of God. And the more we get this word into us, the more roots we're going to have on the bottom, the more it gets rooted. If you go back to that germination picture, (laughs) but the more the word gets rooted in us, the more we read it, the more we, as we read it, remember how he said, um, it's like looking in a mirror. He takes us from glory to glory. When we read it, if we have our hearts ready to be easily pricked, you know, we have to sit down and go, okay, I'm going to read this. Lord, if there's something in here that you want me to work on, point it out to me. <laughs> um, you know, search my heart. Let me know if there's anything unclean in me. Show me so I can look more like you. And I loved the song uh, that you sang tonight. And it said, show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. So, you know, when we are getting our heart filled with his love and he leads us in his love to those around him, we're trying to be more like him. We want to lead people to him. And um, so I just really got revelation of how I need to sit down and read the word. (laughs) How I need to make sure that I have good soil to receive what he has for me. And to get rid of stones that may be in my field. Um, Jennifer Tostin told me about her cousin's who were farmers, and they had not gotten a stone out of their field. And um, when they were harvesting, one of the stones got caught in the combine. And it, like the combine cost probably half a million dollars and just really did a number on that. (laughs) So if you think about that, the stones in our heart, the stones in our lives where where we don't line up 
with God and his will for our lives. And he wants good things for us. He, uh, he's not just having these rules in here, you know, because he doesn't want us to have any fun or if he wants us to be boring or anything like that. This, anything he wants us to change, it's for our good because he has good plans for us. He has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. He has plans for a hope and a future. And so if we follow him, he's going to give us our best life, his best. So um, I'm sorry, that's what I have, and it's a little short, (laughs) short on time. But um, I'm just going to close in prayer. Y'all get out a little bit early today. I'm sorry. But, Father, I just thank you so much for your word. And thank you for your love, Father. And, God, just make it our heart's desire to be more and more like you. Help us to get so rooted in your word, Lord, that on top on the surface, Father, that we look like you. And, Father, you are love. And that when people see us, when they meet us, that they're going to feel nothing but love, Lord. And they're going to be drawn to you because of it. They're going to want you, Lord. I speak that over every single person in this place tonight and everyone hearing my voice. I decree in Jesus' name that we are going to be your light that we are going to look like you and father that we are going to point people in your direction father when they ask us what's different about us that we're going to just have so much fun telling them about the good loving god that you are how you want such great things for us lord we're going to speak to them and share scripture with them your promises and your benefits that are in here when we stand on your word, Lord, that that these promises can come alive and, and be fulfilled. They can be opened up to us, Lord. Father, if a seed isn't planted in the ground, it has no chance of becoming anything. Father, if we don't get this word inside of us, Lord, we're not going to look as much like you as we should we're not going to have as much to share with others as we should the scriptures and the promises and the benefits that you have for us in here aren't going to be manifested because we don't know about them father when we read your word help us to take it to heart and help it to land and be planted in good soil lord show us where our stones are Show us anything in us that's blocking the flow of your Holy Spirit. We love you, Father. We thank you for tonight. We thank you for this place. And thank you that your favor surrounds us as a shield. And pray blessings on everyone here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.